Welcome to REI Spotlight with your host, David Schwann. And today's guest is a real estate advisor, David Evans. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem at all, man. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day to share your uh, knowledge and wisdom with my listeners. Um, give a, give my listeners a little bit of a, a little bit of your background in real estate and how you got into uh, you know how you got into the, the the multifamily space. Okay, so my background is as a residential agent for five years. Uh, recently transplanted to the commercial space. Uh, specializing kind of in multifamily sales acquisition and disposition in the Chicago market, primarily the Chicago South market. Um, also, I've been an owner, operator, multifamily, uh, my own small portfolio here in Chicago as well for about the past just under two years. Awesome, awesome. Um, how let's uh, let's dig in a little bit on that uh, on that property that you have there. Um, Give us just a, a, a brief overview of, you know, how did you find that? How did you, uh, how did you get into that one? So the background is that I was in a market for about a year and a half before finding this property or um, long story short. And I, my wife and I were getting outbid on a lot of properties. I guess we kind of started our search in early 2016. Market has started heating up in Chicago. So we ended up having to gradually increase our budget. I think our budget ended up about almost twice what it originally was. Um, but you know, for a long time, we were getting outbid on properties or we would go through and start to do the due diligence and find problems that, you know, weren't aware on the surface. And, you know, I, I uh, applaud my loan officer who's a construction, uh, who's a, in the construction lending business, multifamily lending and renovation business. And he's been in for 20, 35 years now. So every time we go have an interest in the property, you walk through with us and kind of point out things. Oh, this building needs tuck pointing. The lentils need to be, you know, replaced or repaired. Oh, there's some spalding, some, you know, water damage that's happening there. You know, this boiler doesn't look like it's going to last long. He was extremely knowledgeable. And outside to that is that, it, you know, had us avoid some bad deals. But at the same time, it probably kills some potential good deals as well. But, you know, with the market being competitive here, a lot of agents or a lot of brokers were looking more towards getting hard money or cash loans for some of the better deals. So ultimately, the deal that we were ended up in was uh, already someone who was already in his loan portfolio who was looking to dissolve their partnership. And we ended up taking on that property. So it was an eight-unit property um, that was renovated to the studs in 2015, separate furnaces, separate hot water tanks. And it was fully occupied, um, you know, which was kind of what was attractive. I guess the downside was that it was a mix of housing, I guess the, uh, you know, subsidized housing voucher uh, and then market rate tenant. So those are things that I really were aware of once, you know, taking ownership of how those tenants were different from market rate tenants or things like that. So that was some things that I learned later in the process. But, you know, the building physically uh, just seemed like a good buy, you know, good buy. Uh, we, like I said, we paid a little bit more than what we wanted to. So we ended up having to take on a partner, which is also a different conversation, which is also another one of the, I don't want to say missteps, but cautionary tales that I would advise people on. Definitely. Uh, you know, I've always said, you know, partnerships, you you, you really have to uh, approach a partnership like a marriage. And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely uh, not something that, you know, some people were like willy nilly just hop into, you know, any partnership. But, you know, that, yeah, that partnership piece is like, look, yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, 
as as important or as as much due diligence as you would on on a marriage. You know, kind of you, you kind of got to know each other a little bit and be really comfortable with people. Right, definitely, most definitely, and that when you know if you're not, that's what can cause you know that can cause as much turmoil as your potential tenants or problem you know at the property itself definitely definitely um what are some of uh what are some of the lessons that you've uh that you've learned along the way um some of the lessons that i've learned along the way um are i'm sorry about that some of the lessons i've learned along the way are you know one just be cognizant about like i said the partner cognizant about when you take on a property occupied you know getting a background as much as possible on those particular tenants and then also um you know betting for you know new tenants and also just i guess when betting property management companies uh you know being knowledgeable about whatever housing choice voucher program you're taking tenants from you know, so those are some of the things that, and then also really to have a business plan when you go into buying a property. I mean, every, you know, lenders tend to have you required to have kind of a, an agreement, operating agreement, but mm-hmm. more, even as important as that, which is kind of the structure of the partnership, you know, who has what level of, you know, ownership, who's the general partner, who's a limited partner, what happens if, in case of one of your demise, those type of things. It's really having a business plan on how you're going to take over and stabilize this property. Um, yes. Really key. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I think some people, um, you know, especially, you know, somebody on the newer side is, you know, it, it's look, this is a, you know, like you said, I'm glad you brought up the business plan is, you know, this is a business. This is an, an operating business, whether it's, a, you know, whether it's a fourplex or it's a 400 unit, you know, complex, it's still a business and you have to, you, you know, if you want it to be the most profitable and most successful, you have to, you know, sit down and spend the time and hammer out that, that business plan so that, well, really just so you have the roadmap of how you're going to operate this property. You know, it's, you know, it, you, you need to have those, uh, you know, those, those parts and pieces in place. Agreed. Agreed. Um, what other, uh, you know, besides uh, besides the, the the business plan, what's uh, what's some of the other things that you uh, that that you had to overcome or had, you had to kind of learn in that uh, in, in that first year? Oh, everything, and it, honestly, most of it didn't really happen in the first year. A lot of it actually happened in the second year because in the first year, especially the first maybe six months, we had, you know we had a property manager who was a sole property manager who was I guess more who was hands on who had a physical presence at the property and unfortunately took to my uh, partners um i guess you know urging the issue we switched to a full service property management company however they weren't in the same location they and he wanted to switch to a full property man- service property management company because this particular sole proprietor did not do the books so he thought that it would be more important to you know go to a full service company he found a full service company that was not in the same geographic location in the city as the property. And of course they do what a lot of property management companies do, at least in my experience, is they promise, you know, to do, you know, a certain level of uh, things, but they don't always live to the performance promise. So we had them for the better part of a year and we saw our savings drop. And we also saw, you know, I guess uh, to be involved, had to be involved in a number of evictions. 
So those were the things that we were challenges that we ran into in the first year, especially, you know, cause I'm here and unfortunately my partner is out of state. That's another thing that I would probably advise, you know, to have a strong conversation with any prospective partners as far as out of state regarding roles and responsibilities, as well as equity share when you do create a relationship with an out of state partner. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, it's, it's knowing, Knowing it and getting those, you know, some of those details, uh, you know, out and in the open on the front side of, you know, it's like, look, uh, you know, sometimes on that due diligence and on the front side, when you're doing that operating agreement and that business plan, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not all roses and sunshine when you're going through that. I mean, you have to cover some tough topics. Um, you know, when you're creating a, creating a partnership of, you know, it's, it's like, look, you got to bring up some subjects that look, we really all don't want to you know, I mean, they're not fun subjects to talk about, you know, it's like, well, what if something happens to one of us and one of us is no longer here? How are you, how, you know, how is this going to be handled? You know, those are topics that it's like, look, you just, you you know, you need to make sure that you have, uh, you know, even, even the tough topics that you're, you're dragging those out and you're putting those on the table on the front side. So that way, if, if, you know, when you come to, or you come across it, or you happen to have to handled those issues, you've already spoken about them and there's already at least a preliminary framework of this is how we're going to do this, you know, in this situation, in this situation. Agreed. No, no, agreed. Yeah, that, that's very key because otherwise you have a very frustrating partnership um, if you don't have that detail. Sometimes when you have the, the outline in an operating agreement, there are still things that you, you know, kind of like soft skills that you'd have to should address before deciding to go into business with each other is kind of how your management styles, um, you know, your expectation is betting um, perspective vendors, property management companies, everything. I had a situation which is my, which seemed small on, you know, on the outside, but it ended up taking several months to resolve like washers and dryers. Like, it took, you know, my partner is very detail oriented and likes to bet several vendors before making a decision with simple things as washers and dryers, um, security installation, all of these things where I'm just more of a, I guess, the macro type of approach where I'm looking at the, you know, the other issues that we need to address with the building. And these are just bullet points that we need to knock off so we can move on to the next thing. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's, that's another important part, you know, when you're talking about the partnership of, you know, making, making sure that you, uh, yeah, just just being being due diligent and just making sure that uh, that that you both mesh very well. Um, you know, that's another that's another great point um, to point out to to make sure that you you know, like I said, it, it is like a marriage. It's it's you got to dig down to the finer points and and just you know, it's it sounds like it's a pain in the butt, but you know, look, you know, uh, most of the time it's five, seven, 10 year hold. So, you know, this is somebody that, uh, you know, they're going to be around for a while. So you, you need to take more than, uh, you, you know, you need to take that, that extra time to, uh, get to, 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 to know them and to understand and not saying that you, you know, you can have differing styles and it still work out. You just need to make sure that you try to vet those, uh, you know, those differences in style up front and you know how you're going to handle, uh, you know, how, how you're going to handle them on the front side for sure. Right. In the, indeed. Um, 
So how are, uh, you said you've had it for, for two years. Um, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's right. Yeah. Um, what other, um, what other, what other lessons have you, uh, have you learned along the way? Oh, um, I have learned that you should always have a, um, I guess you should have always have um, maintenance in place at a property. Um, it's better, you know, in most cases, if you can, to have your own set of vendors. When you use vendors through a property management company, they normally come at a premium. They don't make their money off of the 6 7 8% um, of gross rents that they charge you. Um, they make their money off of the services that they provide. So if it costs $20 to shovel snow, they're going to charge you $40. If it goes off a plumber, this being dispatch costs $100, they're going to charge you $200. So it really just to, I guess, save costs and mitigate costs makes sense to have your own service providers. And as much as possible, unfortunately, especially when you're a smaller operator, when you're a larger operator, then of course it's economies of scale. But when you're a smaller operator, to have your own vendors to kind of lower your costs. Definitely, definitely agreed that um, you know those uh, th- those relationships are definitely um, definitely definitely nice to have, and you definitely want to have them, even if you don't always use them. You you. It's nice to have your vendors that even if you're going to use the property manager's vendors that you go, hey, um, no, that, you, you know, what, what your vendors wanting is, you know, you can just call BS and go, look, no, if that's how, uh, you, you know, if that's how, how this is going to operate, we'll just use our, our own vendors because you're, 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 you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> you know? No, and, and, indeed. Yeah. And then also you just have to pay attention to, your uh, now your T12s with your expense reports every month. I had a property management company current to the one that I current that prior to the one I currently have, who would accidentally charge uh, other accounts to my uh, repairs. So I've been pretty much through the gamut, and you always had you know. So it's good to have eyes on that, um, and then also to just constantly just it's even when you have a property management company. You still have to kind of keep an eye on and manage your property, and you should occasionally visit. And the size, you know, depending on the size of it, if hopefully you're local. I mean, if it's a smaller asset, I would really hope that you'd be a local operator. At least one of the people in the partnership is a local. Um, otherwise, you're going to have problems. Yeah, definitely. It's um, you know, people go, well, it's passive, right? Well, yeah, this is passive income to a degree. Agree, um, but you still, you know, like you said, you know, if you have managers in place, you still have to, uh, you know, part of your responsibility uh, is to manage those managers, you know, to make sure that, you know, that, uh, you know, just because you have management doesn't mean that you can just let them run willy nilly and, and do whatever they want. You know, it's like they need accountability too, um, you know, to understand that, or, you know, to have that accountability so that they're they're performing how they need how you need them to perform to make sure that you have a a viable and long term asset. Correct. Yeah, I mean, because ultimately you're the one that's going to be left paying the mortgage, dealing with the evictions, dealing with the costs that come associated with repairs. Um, you know, and so it's really key. They're not. They don't. They don't. They're not owners in the property, so they don't have their vested interest in you. So. Yeah, you have to stay. You have to stay in constant contact. And the lower down the class property, I should point that out. The lower class, lower down the class property you go, 
then it's even more um, imperative that you do so. So if you have a class A or class B property, it may not be as necessary to keep eyes on the property management company as much. Um, but if you definitely have a class C or class B property, it becomes so much imperative. Because it's been in my experiences that when there's not a face at the property, that tenants tend to self-regulate and govern, you know, self-regulate or govern. And that's kind of when chaos ensues. Definitely, definitely. Um, you, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, if you let the, 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 the inmates run the jail, um, you know, things can get a little uh, can get a little goofy for you if, uh, you, you know, if if you're just kind of, you know, if your tenants are kind of policing themselves, that, that typically doesn't turn out quite as well as you'd prefer it to be. Right. Um, you know, so, so definitely, uh, you, you know, definitely make, make sure that, you know, you're managing the managers and, 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 you know, keeping on top of it, you know, it's like I said, you know, it's passive income, but it's passive income that you still have to pay attention to, you know, there's still, still work and still looking at, you know, looking at the numbers and, and paying attention to the property and being able to, you know, uh, you know, just, just, you can't just set it and forget it. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you don't, you may not have to be active in it every day, but you still have, you still have a certain level of activity that you have to make sure that these, that this is performing the way that you want it to perform. And you have to stay on top of it because, you know, if you wait six months to try and correct something, you know, you're, you're, you're five, five minutes too late. Five minutes too late. Or five months too late. Sorry. The bank is the bank is probably going to repossess your assets. In most cases, if you wait anywhere near that long, um, you know you've probably got a lot of violations from whatever city or village you live in, and most likely the bank is you know. And if your property is in a trust, your trust can report back at least where you know the one I'm in can report when things haven't been done properly. Um, you know, as far as the management of the building, or if you have received violations from the city or whatever village your property is located in. And ultimately they can repossess the asset. Yeah. And that uh, we, we, we definitely don't want that to, uh, that to happen for sure. What other, um, what other lessons have you learned? You, you, you know, you said that this was a, a an urban property. Um, what other lessons have you, uh, have you learned, um, you know, dealing, you know, dealing with, with this property, um, you know, like, like like you said, as far as like the violations and stuff, have you had to deal with that much uh, on the, on your property or? No, I haven't. Fortunately, violations have been kind of the least of my worries. Okay. Um, ultimately, just I guess tenant turnover, and you know, dealing with unfortunately having to turn over some of the previous owners' tenants, um, and then leasing up again sometimes was a bit of a challenge, and it was really because I had a lot of turnover that occurred during the winter. Um, between evictions and tenants moving out. So during that period of time, it just took a while to really get those tenants back, um, you know, back new tenants back in the property, even after renovating. Because what I found out also is that you shouldn't, another lesson is, do not depend on your property management company as the sole vehicle for leasing, for advertising or marketing your property. So case in point, you know, being a realtor, I have a uh, rental department in my office. And I ultimately, after I saw that my property management company wasn't being aggressive enough with the leasing, I, you know, also split those responsibilities between the uh, leasing the office and, uh, you know, leasing department in my office. So it was a little more, you know, I guess aggressive 
and you know marketing to getting tenants versus a property management company. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it, it, it's. I think that kind of leads back to that. You know, paying attention to you, you know, it, it's you have somebody managing it, but you still kind of gone back to you still have to pay attention to you know, your, your, your managers, you still have to keep that, you know, keep that, the, your, your finger on the pulse so that you understand, um, you know, what you have and where, where, where you're at and what's going on with your, with, you know, with, with, with your property to kind of, you know, still know that, that flavor and kind of understand, you know, what it is instead of waiting till, you know, uh, 15 days after the month closed, looking at the, the, the paperwork and, you know, looking at, the looking over the books from last month, you know, if you're on top of it, you, you get to see a trend or anything that's going haywire a lot sooner. So you still have to stay, stay on top of your game and stay on top of that, that, uh, that, that property. No, most definitely. Yeah. If you don't, like I said, if all you're doing, and then even if you're just looking at your, your income, your rent, your income and expense report, that's not going to always be the best snapshot. Because if you have a property where there's housing voucher tenants and, you know, the voucher is coming every month, you, from a cash flow perspective, you're thinking everything is fine, but you don't necessarily know if those tenants are causing problems for your, for your other tenants or, you know, vice versa. So that tends to be a thing where if you could have a building, and I talked to a client the other day, actually, and she was telling me at one point she was receiving $30,000 in you know, housing vouchers, uh, income a month, but she also was running buildings were essentially not necessarily slumlord where tenants were causing problems for other people in the neighborhood. Yeah. And, and you need to, you know, and, that, and that's where you're, you know, uh, uh, an excellent property management company, you know, comes in, in the play is that, you know, they should know and understand, you know, what's going on in those situations and understanding that, you know, even even though even if you have voucher tenants, it's like you know, yeah, we have the we we have that money coming in, but you still have to make sure that you understand who you know uh, who's in who's in your property, and you know, and if uh, you know if they're you know maybe they're paying the rent, but they're driving you know driving other tenants uh, crazy, or if you're having issues, or if they're causing issues, even even if they're causing issues off your property, it's like, well, you know, um, you need to know that, that, that if you have troublemakers, even if the rent's being paid, you know, sometimes a troublemaker, it's not just, uh, whether or not you get the check. Uh, there's a lot of other financial, uh, definitely. definitely. I think that's about, I think that's something about being a responsible owner. I think that I don't know about any other market outside of Chicago, so I can only especially the Chicago South market. So that's what I'll speak to. But there are, are property owners here, there are investors here that own hundreds of units. And when I drive by their properties, I can think of one in particular. And when I drive by their properties, they just, they all look run down. Yeah. Um, you know, and that just, and it just to say, it's like to, to the bragging rights of saying, oh, I own 400 units. Oh, you know, I own a thousand units. But when you really, I guess the testament of the, you know, I guess the effectiveness of an operator is what the condition of those properties are. I mean, you know, for me, it's goes, I'd rather have one, you know, or a small portfolio that's ran well versus having a large portfolio that's ran poorly. Um, because that just, it creates headaches for you for court. I mean,
mean, if, not, if nothing else, you know, you're going to court for building violations, for, you know, tenants, from, lawsuits from tenants, uh, all types of problems. So it's just wondering, is having that, you know, I don't want to say legacy or having that large portfolio to, you know, I guess brag about, so to speak, is it worth the headache? Um, you know, I personally say no. Having to try to run my, you know, small eight unit, um, you know, efficiently is a challenge, is, is enough work by itself. So it's better, you know, but I'd rather have a small portfolio and run it well versus having a large portfolio and having running mediocre poorly. Um, Definitely. And, and that, and, and, you know, running your, um, you know, and, and that's a, that's a thing I'm pretty sure your tenants are, are happy about and like is the fact that, you know, it's run well, because when you get, if your buildings ran well, then you're providing your tenants a place that even if it's a voucher, you know, you're still providing them a place that they can call home. And, you know, that is, you, you know, it's a quality place for them to rent, you know, it's a quality place for them to call home so that, you know, you know, so that they can have some, some, some pride and ownership or pride and home, you know, in, in their home and where they live, you know, because if you, if they know that the owner has pride and wants to keep a, a property in a certain condition and keep it, you know, at a certain point in a certain level, then they're less likely to try and pull down that level. You know, it's like, you, you know, if, if you keep your property up and you keep your property the way that it's supposed to, you have a much better chance of your tenants also doing the same thing and treating it the same way. Because if you're, if, if the outside of it's run down and the, and the place looks like crap, well, you know, if the tenants can see that you really don't care about your property, why should they care? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and I've got to a point where I don't know, you know, if it's, and I guess I don't want to, you know, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx myself, but I'm at the point where I have, you know, one of the tenants even maintaining, doing lawn maintenance for me. I mean, you know, I pay, pay them to do it, you know, weekly and they maintain the lawn, make sure the trash is up, those type of things. So, you know, it's to the point where after a lot of, you know, sweat equity has to be put in and not physically into the property itself, itself per se, but into getting it stabilized, definitely. I'm at the point where finally it's getting to where it's become a little bit more passive. And I, for that, I'm grateful because I never thought I'd get to this point. Um, you know, as recently as a few months ago, it didn't seem like that there was any relief on site. Well, I'm definitely happy that you you know you you've stuck it out and you've gotten to that point where you're 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 kind of making that turn and you know you you had a lot of you, you know it sounds like you had quite a heavy lift of um you know you know retenanting um your building you know just to get it you know to get it with tenants that you know that that you feel are the tenants that you really want in there um you know, and especially, you know, it sounds like you had to, to, to get rid of a few bad apples that you inherited so that you could, uh, you know, get the apples in there that you wanted. So, uh, or, you know, the tenants that you, you wanted in there to be able to get it to perform now like you want it to because you've been able to put, you know, a, 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 the tenants of your choice uh, in there versus, you know, the ones that you inherited. Definitely. Um. Well, I definitely thank you for uh, for for your time on uh, you know taking your time out to help educate my listeners and and, and share your wisdom and stuff with them. And um, 
what's a, what's a way that you like to give back to your community? Well, I mean, a way that I'm looking to give back to our community as far as kind of the real estate community is that within the next month, I'm planning like a tax relief seminar uh, for like South Suburban apartment building owners in the Chicagoland area. Uh, while Chicago, the city itself is a hot uh, investment uh, hotbed, the South Suburban areas or the suburban uh, Chicago market in itself is not so much because of the high tax, uh, you know, the high taxes that are levied on the property. So what I guess, you know, just kind of also build my database and then also just kind of give some value and partner up with a tax lawyer to essentially put on a tax relief seminar for the show apartment builder owners in the suburban market, how they can appeal their taxes. And, you know, based upon vacancy, based upon uh, adjusted value um, so they can, you know, so they can have their buildings perform better. Awesome. Awesome. That is um that that is that is a great thing that to help your uh, fellow owners, uh, you know, do do better and and stay owners in you know in your market and, and keep improving your market. Um, if any of my listeners want to get a hold of you, David, how what's uh, what's the best way for them to? Sure, my cell phone number is seven seven three six seven eight six two one five, and my email address, or they can contact. Uh, well, first of all, they can contact me through LinkedIn if they like. And then my email address is my first initial, my last name, which is Evans, E-V-A-N-S, at Caning Rubloff, K-O-N, K-O-E, excuse me, N-I-G-R-U-B-L-O-F-F. Again, that email address is Evans at K-O-E-N-I-G-R-U-B-L-O-F-F.com. Awesome. Awesome, man, David. Well, I appreciate you uh, hopping on here and spending time with me and my listeners. Um, I just, uh, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and I hope you have a wonderful day, man. And until the next time we have you on, thank you. Thank you for having me.